0: Hello and welcome back to the football babble. Monday, the 24th of January. Uh, January is almost over, folks. Thank the Lord. What a long ass month it is. Uh, myself, Phil, Brent, and Steve here tonight in the podcast. Cousin Mud might be joining us at some point. Um, he's at Other Business and um, Patty's on his, his Big Brain course, sorting his Big Brain. He's always at Other Business, so, uh, isn't he? Well, he always has other business on a Monday night, yeah, yeah. Um, but we will be back this Thursday, because there's no Arsenal, Liverpool, uh, Carabao Cup semi-final to worry about. There's nothing on, so we will have a, a TMB, I promise you this, uh, come Thursday night. Yeah, so it's myself, or oh, myself, Steve, Phil here, Steve and Brenton. We're going to get into this weekend's past action, as we now have a bit of an international break. Uh, coming up, there is still Afcon on, and we have Cameroon and Comoros on at the minute, and it's a hoot, and we've all been talking about it there before we started. Unfortunately, this weekend uh, was again uh, shrouded in VAR controversies. Uh, thankfully, though, they all went Liverpool's way, so I'm happy enough. But um, it was, yeah, we're going to get into that. Some of the VAR decisions. None of us think Steve or Breton. We sort of hate for. I think would that be agreed? It's yes. uh, I... the West Go. the West being implemented. Maybe is it just me, or does it seem to be only in England they keep having these massive balls ups? Probably because
1: we were watching the Premier League more than you watch other leagues that you notice it. But it does feel like the implementation of R is much worse in, in England than it is at, at international tournaments or at um at like Champions League level or anything like that. It does definitely seem seem worse. Like I'm Hang on. There's a printer going off in the background. So Brandon, you talk I go on mute. <laughs>
2: Um <clears throat> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I don't I know, St- I know. Steve says, like, um, it's because we're watching it all the time. I do think they've made more of a balls up of, of it here than they have anywhere else. Like, we, you do see, like, we do have access to to the other leagues, and they. Um, I know you, Phil, probably more than any of us would would watch. Um, some of the bigger leagues in Europe, and um, that if they have. VAR decisions and it doesn't seem like they even have as many but if they have them it seems like they take care of them a lot better um they they don't last as long uh, there's not as much press about them um and teams seem to accept them better um and it just seems like the, the Premier League or or um, whoever controls VAR here the the referee board or whoever it is the they're determined to piss every team off um because i think um no i think that the technology in itself and the ability to to do it and um if it's implemented in the right way like i think a perfect example is <clears throat> champions league rarely get get our decisions wrong i think um compared to the Premier league and that is an example of how to do it. It's why and, and it's JD always goes on about it, like that the English um, officials don't really get picked for big games in Europe now, and that they, they don't. Um, I don't know if there was any referees at the last major tournament from England. Um, that that's coming from somewhere, um, and it's it's. There can only be the way that they're implementing it. Um, the lack of consistency is is obviously the biggest thing like you can they can look at something for two minutes three minutes four minutes up to five and six minutes for some decisions and um then next week they'll give something a quick glance um and you know in some cases they look absolutely identical decisions like i think um the now I haven't looked at it too many times, but the United one, they looked at it so quick. Um, the Cavani offside. And I think it was I think he was onside from from what I've seen, but they they skipped over it very, very quickly for such an important goal. Like in the last minute of the game, um it was it was rapid and we've seen them, you know. Some of those ones where they really zoom in and the, and they look at the shoulder and they look at the knee and the the ankle of the defender, like what part of his foot for offsides. None of that. Like, um, it, it's really as if they they kind of need a a lesson in themselves. I don't know whether it be whoever's running it is not doing it right, or they need to go to um to UEFA or FIFA or. Um, whoever's running the, the Champions League one, it just seems to be a lot smoother, um, and more consistent for me every time I watch the, the European competitions. I think that's a great point that you just made there because
1: I, I, I do think Cavani was on site, but like they spend they can spend three or four minutes on much more obvious decisions, and you go, why is it taking so long to? to to take this decision when we all know what the result is, whereas it felt like it was just a cursory glance at the Cavani thing. Now, again, the thing I'm always reminded of is that the angles that we see on the TV screen, that they have access to more cameras and they have access to, you know, more technology than in the VAR boot than, than the pundits do at home or the fans do at home. So I do think that needs to come into it. But I also think, like, the idea of var was that we wouldn't be having these discussions about whether something was justified or not after a game. Like other sports use replay really, really well and get decisions right. And it's only there as backup. The referees referees make the big calls, you know, during the game, but they know that they have the review and the replay there to back them up. What I feel like's happening in the Premier League, especially, is that referees are avoiding making decisions. For the most part, because they're thinking, Well, if I got it wrong, VAR will get it right for me. Yeah, um, and then the other thing is there's a lot of ego involved with some of the referees, is that the attitude is, Well, I couldn't possibly be wrong, so like, why are you even bringing this up VAR? So there's a lot of stuff at play here. Um, like some of the conspiracy theories going around that both Liverpool and United benefited from VAR decisions to make it an interesting title race, Premier League has has earned its money this year regardless of whether it's a close title race or a a runaway win for manchester city they have their tv needles in place none of it matters um they're not interested in the spectacle the way that like you know you or i are so like this nonsense someone sent me a, a picture today with like oh what was it it was like i can't remember the exact degrees but apparently the line they drew for the Cavani thing wasn't straight and, you know, they, he had used physics to prove that. I, it's just, like, real tinfoil hat stuff, you know? Um, <laughs> but I think Phil made a really good point in the, the WhatsApp group yesterday. And I know I slagged them for it. But, like, they do tend <laughs> to balance themselves out over the course of the season, these decisions. Thank you. Like, where Var where does you wrong in one game tends to get you back in the other. because, But that's not because it's good. That's because it's bad. Like, it's balancing incompetent. Out it's bad.
2: But, it's bad but, for everyone.
1: Yeah, it's bad for everyone. It's equally yeah. bad for everyone. Like the only team that are benefit, the only, there's two teams that have benefit really from VAR. From, I was just looking today from decisions. It's Brighton and West Ham who both have plus four in terms of positive decisions going their way. Um, most of their teams are around even or plus one. Um, yeah. Very few teams have been really badly affected by VAR. Because again, it all just balances out the badness of it all, just balances it out so. But if it, it does feel like going back to the original point that it's an implementation thing rather than it's not the technology, the technology is fine in every other sport. Why would it be? Why would it just not work in football? So, what I think is so, a problem.
2: Sorry, uh, Bill, before you uh, yo, go ahead, go ahead. I, I think I think the whole uh dynamic and communication around the um. Go and look at the screen. Don't go and look at the screen. They've really balled that up. Like, yeah. M- so much so that you may as well say you're absolutely incorrect um, by saying, go and look at the screen. And that's one thing that rugby does it so well. Like, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, well, I, I've never seen, did, they don't have in rugby, like, for the referee to go and look at it himself. Like, the TMO makes the decision if it no, if TMO the decision makes goes cool. to TV. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's <clears> great. <throat> the there's broad. a screen
1: at the ground in rugby. The referee can look at the big the, screen yeah. and can talk to the, the yeah. TMO through the decision as well. I think we saw yeah. that in the Six Nations with Wayne Barnes where him him and the TMO basically, you know, came to the decision together based on what they were seeing. Um and in in US sport, in American football say for example, what used to happen was that the referee would go and look at this tiny little screen, like no bigger than the mobile phone, you know, to try and review the play. Well, they got rid of that now. And it's it's the, all the decisions about whether something is, you know, a penalty or not, or a turnover, or fumble, whatever, it's taken in New York in the league's refereeing offices. So it's completely taken out with the, the officials on the field. They're just told, okay, that was a fumble, to, you know, change the direction of the play or whatever like that. And that's a much better way to do it. Like, because you said... The second the referee goes over to the screen, there you know what's happening. So what's the theater for, like that they're going over? I've never seen a referee walk over to the screen yep. and go, "Actually, VAR is wrong. I'm going to stick with my original decision." Like it just doesn't happen. Yep. Uh, and it's like so stupid. where it's where yeah. it's really where it's really really like detrimental to the game and has an effect is penalties because if you're waiting that long to take a penalty. Like, of course, like, it has an impact rather than if you get fouled, referee immediately gives a penalty, you take the penalty and you score. Like, if you're waiting and waiting and waiting, like, that has a negative effect and things like that. So I just think let's scrap this whole thing. If VAR sees something that they think is, you know, the correct decision, like, there's no need to shut the, it. The person in the VAR boot is a qualified referee. So you can say that's a red card, that's a penalty or whatever, that's a goal. Um, just just take some of the nonsense
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and on some of uh, the decisions at the weekend what did you make of the Jota one what do you make Steve not a penalty
1: <laughs> Well, Brendan said it's absolutely not a penalty like he it's a poor touch and he moves towards the goalkeeper and like I could see why a referee could give it in real time. I just can't see how VAR can give it having the benefit of the replay. That's that's where it confuses me. Um, but again, like you know, there are times when I'm sure Jada has been fouled and he hasn't gotten a free kick or he hasn't gotten the penalty. So it 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 ultimately balances out. I don't think it actually decided the game either way. I think Liverpool were a better team on the day. I did think was it. The was Robertson offside possibly for one of the goals as well,
0: and like you know, there is So over no, the course Firmino. of the game, maybe,
1: yeah, over the course of the game, maybe, but the, the rugby yeah, I
0: think the, the yeah, definitely did, and, and the the Firmino one, he was he was offside. I don't know why they didn't look at that, and for the Palace goal, because Van Dijk then focuses on, um, Uh the I can't remember the, the other centre hat forward. He Edward actually moves into an offside position, and is and then Van Dyke has to split himself, so that affects Van Dyke's decision. So then surely that would be well, he's affecting play. But I had no qualms with it. I wouldn't. I'd, I'd have been absolutely stunned if they'd have ruled off that. But that's where I'd have been like, well, twenty two. But the the Jota one, I I'm actually annoyed at Liverpool fans with this one because I haven't seen enough of them. Right. Saying how unbelievable Jota does to win a penalty there, I have not seen enough Liverpool fans credit Jota for winning that penalty. It's because it's been too much focus on was it or wasn't it. He does on. I'm sorry, he buys penalty for Liverpool off the keeper, but he does unreal. And I like. I think English football is is the only one in the world that keeps going back to this um, sport and integrity bollocks. Look, like, we're, we're there to win football matches decades. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> They keep going back to it. It's not within the rules, the laws of the game. It's not what's Sporting Fuck that. We're there to win football matches. That's the whole point of the thing. Jota does what he has to do to get his team a penalty to win a football match. So I, I was like, I was hoping I saw Liverpool fans talk about it and say, that's brilliant, actual, clever, sneaky forward play by Jota. What's one of the most celebrated goals of all time? Maradona's handball. One of the most celebrated goals of all time. Bit of active genius. He cheated, 100%. But it was active genius... I that unwinds me up the most. The whole oh cheating, he
1: is not celebrating. The keeper, the keeper,
0: the keeper, against... the keeper is a dose for coming out right. I'm sorry as well. Guaita is an Egypt like he. Jota is a yard from goal. Guaita just has to stand tall and the ball's going to come to him, and he comes out and Jota's like goes to flick it. All right, collision penalty. It gave like it was such a, but there was too much focus on. Uh, the uproar of it, and then as you said, Steve, like people were talking all oh, that. that like, I know I, I understand what Patrick Vier's uh annoyed because it did completely kill off Palace, like they, they, they just were like bollocks to this. And they were playing really well, and, and um, they looked a really good side in that second half, especially Conor Gallagher Breton, he was outstanding in the second half. I thought, um, but like, come on, here, folks, we're there to try and win a title, to try and win trophies, we're not there to all we'll be friends. This is professional sport. You have to gain an advantage somehow. Now, I don't mean, like, out and out. I don't mean um, drugs cheating or all that nonsense. But on the field, bend the rules slightly if you can, folks. Try and that is the whole, that is an art in the game. And not enough people want to do it. And that's my rant over. I was delighted. Fuck Palace, sorry, John, our fan. You ruined my my dreams eight <laughs> years ago, so shove that up your bangle. <laughs> All right? Show it right up are your you bangles. i back to that. Uh, nah, I'm only joking. joking. I don't <laughs> care. We, we, when we beat them 7-0 last year, I was like, oh, that's how a race. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought I, thought I the, missed it on the game. Sorry, Britain. I thought yesterday in on the game. I was really, really impressed with Patrick Vieira because the first half, they were uh, rubbish. They were really poor up until the 40th minute they weren't even they weren't pressing the pool they weren't they weren't doing anything they were getting overrun everywhere they're really, looking really uh, sloppy at the back looking too slow at the back to break out and move things forward and um and then come the second half whatever Vieira did With them in the second half, whatever changed there for the first 25 minutes, second half anyway, they were outstanding. I thought they really were. They caused Liverpool serious problems. And and if it wasn't for Alison, we might have been behind or certainly level in that game at one point. So that was, uh, and I know Johnny obviously be looking at Vieira. I said this before like, I think Vieira could be an Arsenal manager. And I think he's shown... I don't know what how what he did at Nice. I know he's been good for one year at Nice, but I think at times he's shown at Palace this year that he's he's very clever and tactically he's very astute. Changes he makes mm. and tweaks he can make in games. And I think, obviously as an Arsenal fan, I'd love that because it's Paddy Vieira. But I think if um, Legohead keeps going the way he's going, in and out, and, he's, and his results up and down and up and down, they'll come to a point where possibly we'll be looking at that. But that's what I... On Palace, I thought, like at times yesterday the changes he made and certainly for you brenton Connor gallagher again was one of the best players in the pitch which is every time i watch him
2: um he seems to be so impressive yeah um no i agree with you about about uh Vieira. i think i like i like watching palace like um this year is such a a contrast uh, compared to um last year um Really good team to watch, entertaining. Um, there's some really good players moving forward. Obviously, Gallagher is, um, has been really good this year. Scored more goals than, than Lukaku and Kane this year, Conor Gallagher. So um, there's a stat for you. Um, but uh, going back to the Jada thing, yeah, I think the even and out, um, wasn't there one really obvious one where Jada was pushed in the back? Who was that against? Was that Arsenal? Spurs. 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 Um, yeah, uh, that wasn't given. That was such an obvious penalty. Um, and, you know, he didn't get that one. So I suppose that that's, that stat is, is probably right about it, um, even and out over the season. But um, no, I didn't think that one was a penalty at all.
0: Um, then we, we, I think we're all agreed Cavani was onside. I think so.
1: I mean, it's one of those that, like, maybe, you know, the toe of his boot was ahead of the armpit of the defender, but, like, yeah, that's that's Attack not... Like, Attacking a Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Says the centre forward. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I do think, like, do you know what? Like, it, it shouldn't take away from what was actually a, a very well-worked goal. Um, it It shows how important cavani can be for that united team and it's just a shame he's not four years younger than he is um because there's a potential to do something like much better with united with cavani in that team than without him um but yeah i thought i thought it was really interesting like obviously just some news tonight that like anthony Martial might be off to Sevilla and stuff like that so obviously you know your 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 forward options are limited at united um they're getting smaller and smaller in terms of the numbers they have up front. But I thought it was really interesting that, like, you know, Old Trafford erupted, the Stratford end erupted. And Anthony Martial was the most miserable-looking person I've ever seen because he didn't get the ball back from Cavani that he was expecting. He was expecting the 1-2 and, you know, Rashford had obviously made a great run at the far post and it was the right ball from Cavani. But, like, just you, your team scores, you know, a ninety-third minute winner and your reaction is... Well, why didn't he pass the ball to me? It's just so miserable. Like, um, I look forward to him, like you know, beating up teams, you know, in league on at some stage uh, in the near future. I think on a permanent move, but I like overall. I think the United game was it's was a bit of it's pretty much what we've seen recently. Um, probably second best on the day, but getting the results and you know for. A long time; those those games were draws or losses for United, and I think that is starting to turn things around. You know, looking a little bit more solid at the back. Um, but the best player on the park, uh, on the day was Declan Rice, and Manchester United could do a lot worse than going and signing him in the summer, um, because he's better than anything they have in midfield at the moment.
0: I I was me and Paddy. Paddy was over. Um. And we were watching the end of it i was stunned that uh west ham with one minute to go went kamikaze uh with their fullbacks and then just you know just just stand there just just stand (laughs) in the fullback position both of you and you know the team will keep their shape you'll cut out a pass take a nil-nil away to old trafford and move on they're your top four rivals at the minute until I think West Ham will probably fall away, but they're your top four rivals at the minute. But instead, nah, we're just going to go Kamikaze, and like that—that that United goal was excellent. It was an excellent team goal, and a huge moment for uh, Rashford too, with what's been going on with him, um, on and off the field, and you could sort of feel the relief. Mm. Uh, do you think? Do you think it could be? Because I, I asked a friend in worker a United fan, and I'll give you his answer after. Do you think it could be a moment? To spark united into really homing in on top four this year or do you judge by your face if anyone's watching <laughs> you're like my mate do you think it was just a case of we got lucky and we'll just continue up and down in these results this season
1: I think if you were to go off United's uh, social media accounts, they just won the Champions League with a ninth term minute whenever win- rather than beating Johnny, West will and, enjoy that. Home. Like it, it was a it was a bit of an overreaction to what wasn't the great performance again, but I I do think when like wins obviously matter, like building especially against like top four rivals, and I do think that they're after the last week i'm much more confident about them you know being there thereabouts for top four than i was even seven days ago so i think that that much is is positive i think it's really obvious now to everybody that united are a better team without ronaldo in there um for whatever he adds in terms of goals i think it's so obvious now to everyone that they're a better team without him.
2: um but it's it's the it interesting one. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say quickly, I found it interesting the way for um the Greenwood goal in the last game and Rashford's goal um against West Ham, Ronaldo dropped a good bit and he was involved in the build-up. Um which which I thought was interesting. Usually he's very selfish in terms of getting on the end of things. You yeah,
1: I will get yeah, I will say that like you would have expected him to be in the position of both finishers for those goals in yeah. the first kind of few months of the season, and and maybe he's adapting. But then the way he reacted to being substituted, it's, it's like it's, yeah, you know, it, it's very hard to take the 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 prima donna out of out, out of uh, Ronaldo at times. But I I just feel that there's it's a con it's a it's a, it's a do you know, it's not just about this season as well, because like, Ronaldo is obviously a man of a certain age. Cavani is a man of a certain age as well. And it's about like, are you building something for the future here or are you just focusing on top four this year? And I think what he's showing, especially with the minutes that like Alanga is getting and stuff like that, like you can do both. Um, I think, Phil, to your point about what West Ham were doing with the, the, the full backs, like driving forward. You have to remember what a win at Old Trafford would mean
0: to David Moyes after what he went through as manager at the club. Still hasn't won there as, as an away manager, and hardly won there as yeah. a manager either. He just doesn't like no. Old Trafford. <laughs> he just hates it. Like
1: he just hates it. But I think it showed. I think it showed a bit of a naivety is the wrong word because like it's not like West Ham weren't there or thereabouts last year either. Like, but there's something about them that like you just can't trust them for they don't just don't know how to get these results um yeah i think it's it's much easier against their london rivals because obviously you've got that and you've got the fans for a not a, a, you know build up. they really seem to struggle in these games like against
0: especially uh, away
1: yeah especially away like and yeah. it, it it's a pity because like uh, there's a real like the most interesting thing about the premier league is going to be that race for the top 4 like i think one and two Maybe they're not set. Like maybe one, two, and three actually aren't set. But there's there's three or four teams can can get that fourth spot, um, especially with Spurs with all their games in hand, and they don't have to play Chelsea anymore. I don't think for a while. <laughs> anyway, uh, unless they um, can they get them in, in the cup in a cup competition at this stage. I don't know. But um, FA Cup, yeah, are Spurs yeah, the in the FA Cup? cup. I think mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, yeah, I think they are. yeah, but like. I think that there is, like, and we said this last week about, like, the, the difference in, like, number of games played. It's really hard to take the table at face value at the moment because, because of that. Um, but I think, you know, United, there was a real possibility United could have come out with the last two games in particular with no points. So to come out with six, I think, is well above expectation, especially the way they played in the first half in both games. um, I think, you know, the style of football leaves a lot to be desired. Um, The quality of some of the players leaves a huge amount to be desired considering the money they spend. But, you know, the thing is, I have to say, like, David De Gea, when United in general have been poor, the Gea has stepped up every single time, and he's doing it again. Like he's keeping them in games. He has no business keeping them in games. Problem for him is that he hasn't done it when he hasn't been able to do it when United have actually been good with the other ten players as well. So um, it's it just seems like he's destined to kind of his United career to peter out without really challenging for a title again. I think
0: who's who's the and um, I don't I don't. I, I don't necessarily blame them. He, Ronaldo is <clears throat> uh he like a, a, a god to some fans and, and I get that, like some United fans, and I totally get that. Um I so they're blinded by it. I, I think anyone sensible that thinks that he um isn't a bit of an issue and that you know there is a chance for United to try what next year could be like even if they were to let him go on and, and, and you know, trust in uh, Greenwood, Sancho, Alanga and Rashford. Uh, you know, I think I think they're kidding themselves. To be honest, they just won't admit it because they don't want to admit it. And I I get that too. Like I totally get. It. If Coutinho had have come back to Liverpool, I'd have been exactly the same, telling everyone, "Oh, he's still amazing. Don't worry about." It. You know, I get it. Like I do get that element of it. But um, like you said, like I, 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 I know he dropped deep, and um, he dropped deep or whatever for in the last couple of games, he's done a few things, but. The difference when United have Cavani as a focal point to when they have R- Ronaldo is chalk and cheese, but you know, and like, I would look at Ronaldo, You United bought Ronaldo for the big moments, well, against Man City and against Liverpool, he's done nothing, you know, in the two games, he, yeah. he did nothing. And he scored a couple of goals later on in the Champions League, don't get me wrong. And he still might do that in the next round against Atletico Madrid because he loves playing against Atletico Madrid. But <laughs> I think there is a side United fans could go, maybe he is better placed at certain moments. And this is mental. Would he be better at an impact? 25 to go. Get him on. He's a presence. Whereas I think they have a chance now, especially with Ralph and what they're going to do next year. Ten Hag's been mentioned. To, I don't think Ten Hag will stick Ronaldo to be honest. No. But it would be exciting then for United fans to where United would have a 4-3-3 and then have Rashford, Sancho, and Greenwood or Alanga, uh Greenwood and Sancho, you know, that kind of way. That's an exciting element going forward. So I I I I think it's as you're right, that to get those six points from two tough games like uh, and you know, Brentford away and West Ham at home, West Ham doing so well, is a good sign. Yeah. But because of the game they at Villa
1: too, like they should like they were 2-0 up with like minutes to go against that yes. and Villa as well. Like yeah. So like there's a potential there that like they could be really in the mix, like like favourites probably for the top four, but for like that collapse against Villa at the end. But the other thing is, really, is Villa were the better team in that game for eight minutes as well. So like you know, they might have scored two late goals, but they were the better yeah. team. I do think what's interesting about Ronaldo, I think you're right. Like, I mean, I read an article that was theoretically about Ronaldo's like impact on the pitch today and one of the first paragraphs was about how his social media following is 697 million compared to United's following of 157 million and it's like why why is this in a in an article if like he's you know what he's doing on the field or whatever um and I think for me if like he's getting paid regardless right so you know, he's that United have fought 60 million tied up in him over the next two years, or something like that. an obscene amount of money. Uh, they're going to be paying him over the next like the end of this season and next season if he sticks around. I think United will be best served by him and Cavani nearly being impact substitutes, but I don't think it's in either's DNA to play mm. that role. Um, Cavani maybe because he's done it for like he's kind of done it for United. But for Ronaldo, I just can't, just can't see him no. doing it. Um, yeah. Unless he keeps getting those late winners. And, um, you know, he, he, you know, like he was anonymous in some of those Champions
0: League games and ended up being, you know, the headline afterwards um, because he got the, the late The thing win. with the top four race as well, Steve and Brent, I don't trust any of the four teams currently in it to get fourth. <laughs> I don't <laughs> trust West Ham, Arsenal, Spurs, or United. At the minute to get fourth, and that's why it could be so exciting the top four battle because well Spurs have the games in hand, but like I'd rather have the the points on the board than have the games in hand. Much rather have those done. Um, but I must say, I mean, you know what Spurs you don't know what Spurs are going to. I know it was their first league defeat under Conte, but you don't know what Spurs are going to turn up. Arsenal drew nil nil with Burnley, um, and they went through a run before that where they were playing quite well and looked like they were maybe the favourites for it west ham are starting to wobble and then united are up and down so i
2: don't know what you think brenton but i i couldn't call the fourth no um but i think i out of the four of them i know what you're saying but i do trust united the most um i just think they they seem to be getting more settled under ralph Um, they are picking up a few um important results as, as steve has said there um and I just think out of the four of them their squad is the best um i think they um they have they need to stop starting howie Maguire. I, I'm, I, I'm it's not even a joke at this stage like uh, he visibly <laughs> made the team worse when he came off the bench um against who was was it brantford i think he came on against brantford didn't he um visibly made them worse within five minutes um it, it wasn't even funny like when you see it as um sort of isolated as that sometimes it's hard to tell when he starts a game and um everyone's getting settled in but when they change it and automatically they look ropey it is it is down to him like um so yeah i think Varan and lindelof look much better um but yeah i, th- I think they they're, they're look like the most likely although their fixtures united, you know, they have been favorable for a while. I think around the time that they play um <clears throat> Atletico, um, let me just get it here. They've Atletico in the first leg, then Watford. Then they have Man City, Tottenham, Atletico, Liverpool, Leicester, um in a row. Yikes. So um that if they get through that period and they're still um in and amongst fourth, um I think I would trust them from there to, um, to, to get that fourth spot in the end. That's you know that's if Chelsea don't get get dragged in, um, to that as well. Like which I hope doesn't happen. But, um, I think the way the top four are sitting at the minute that will be my best guess. The way it's going to finish. I think
1: that was the point of signing or of letting Salciar go when they let him go is that they had this run. They haven't had a chance to bet a new manager in with some winnable fixtures. Um and then you know obviously there's there's that run is just going to be horrific and it's going to <laughs> I have
2: no That's idea obvious. what that
0: <laughs> um
2: it's it's worth watching the podcast just, just for that is, he actually you know. aged
0: he actually aged yeah. like 15 years there as you were reading out the teams. Yeah um <laughs> it, it it
1: was yeah it's 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 gonna be a tough run but at the same time like you have to. I think I. I kind of agree with Phil. If you can get the points on the board, it's much harder to chase um than it is to to um to have like run with a lead. So it's just this. Like to me, the biggest disappointment is that you know the you mentioned Harry Maguire there. Like oh, we we talk on our preview podcast for the season about. I was sorry you know you didn't sign a second center half and kind of everyone laughed at me or whatever. But um, <laughs> what it's making that fucking noise. Um, nobody else can, can anyone else hear that noise? Is it just me nope. that's getting terrified here? Um, what I is the know. noise? I have no idea. It's My computer is starting making, the laptop is just making these weird noises. Um, I don't
2: think we can hear it on the pod, so it's all good.
1: Oh, well, well there you go. So there, you're getting, like, me talking about ghosts here in the background. So,
2: um,
1: <laughs> no, but, like, Maguire, you're, you're right about Maguire. And I'd also say that, like, Tellez is a much better fullback than than Luke Shaw. And I think he's well-deserving of his place as well. Um, if United, like, stay with, like, say, a back four or whatever the case may be. So, it's just... There's a lot of questions still about it, but I'd still rather be in the position of, you know, what is it, 30, yeah, no, yeah, 38 points, 22 played, chance to go four clear of West Ham with the same number of games. I don't really trust Arsenal to, I'm probably only saying that because Johnny's not here to defend them, but, like, it feels like there's a bad run in Arsenal at any given time, And, and there might well be in United as well. Um... But like outside of City, United's you know, form is, is right up there with Liverpool's, it's right up there as with, with Chelsea's. Um, so like Wolves, like I think Arsenal have Wolves next, don't they? Like Wolves are in a great run of form at the moment. So mm. could they make a challenge to the to the to the top four as well? It like Why there's not? a lot there. Yeah, like there's a lot there. Like I I don't think Chelsea will get dragged back into it. I think they have I, I know they've played like two or three games more maybe than than some of the teams around them but
2: i feel like they've done enough um to to be they've been easier running yeah than, than the rest yeah definitely they've played kind of all the all the big teams maybe bar united away from home i think um so you know going by that on paper they they should be okay but um obviously they have the I don't think they play another Premier League game until, like, the 19th or 20th of February yeah, or something February. So, Yeah, um, so hopefully we'll see what the what the picture's like at that stage. So we've discussed the top four.
0: Is there a title race?
2: What do you think? Bradley? Yes. I want to Steve believe there is, so. so I'm saying yes. I know Steve's shaking his head, but, like, I think if we will it into existence, possibly <laughs> it'll happen. Um, I, I just like that's what I'm saying to you, Phil. At the weekend, um, I I hate Man City that much that um, I I'm just going for Liverpool now, every game to play because I want there to be, um, I like, I've kind of s- seen um this like hindsight and all that, but I don't know if I said it on the pod or not. Like, but. The last few City results, I think I did say this. Um, you know, against Arsenal, Arsenal were the better team and should have won that game. Um yeah. The um they only beat Brantford 1-0 as well. Um and Brantford were very good in that game. Um, and I know it's difficult to to go away to Brantford, but um I've kind of seen it coming. Um and phil foden was also outside in that game wasn't he um <laughs> yes. but um yeah maybe there's a few of those a few of those left in city and if liverpool can that's i think that's the thing that's that's gonna be the issue i can you know if city may drop a couple of more points and maybe you beat the odd game um but liverpool's form needs to be absolutely like squeaky clean and i just don't know if that's going to happen like a, uh with the champions league um and obviously liverpool still have that cup final and still in the FA cup too um it's it's a lot to ask of liverpool but um i don't know i just think city might still have a few slip-ups in them yet it's just whether at this stage they're too far ahead um and if liverpool are gonna going to be as as good as i hope they'll be but um obviously it's very unlikely like what do you think i feel like, it just feels like Liverpool have to be perfect and given
1: how much football they still have left um that's going to be really really difficult um yeah that's so going to be interesting like because obviously you know the afghan hasn't affected the results as much as maybe people thought they might and the performances especially like Obviously, Salah comes back in and he starts straight away. Like, but does Mane? Like, I don't know. Like, there are decisions to be made by Klopp once the the the, the lads come back from different combinations. I think. Um, but I think, like, yeah, it's more wishful thinking than anything else that we do have a title race. I I see you'll need to like almost collapsed at this stage and while I'd be delighted to see it I'd much rather it was Chelsea that was taking advantage of it than Liverpool I don't think <laughs> if I don't think they can handle it with it.
0: uh Liverpool title win thanks very much um, they, they've uh, <laughs> they've a game in hand obviously and we just talked about games now but they've a game in hand against Leeds which which hasn't been rescheduled yet Um. So they have that. I thought it was going to be rescheduled, you know, for this international break. I genuinely thought they were going to say, you're going to have to play this. And I think they were going to be like, for fuck's sake. Um, but they didn't. And then, and obviously if they win that, then it's six points. And if it's six points and or less, if it's uh, going into that game at the Etihad, uh, then, then yes, we do have a title race. And it could all be over by that game, or it could be very much seriously on. But I like I, I, when you're in that position as the Liverpool fan, and you've both have been in it as your own teams have been chasing titles, and United were far off at one point as well, and came back and hold it back. Um, you have to just believe that there is one, even if it does sound stupid. To all your mates you just have to keep believing. Um, I, I I genuinely feared for yesterday before the game because of Palace and because of I was hundred percent certain white gales still play for them. I was. <laughs> I would have put Finn on it. I would have walked into the bookies and bet Finn that Dwight Gale was going to come on for Palace at some point. And still I'm waiting on him making some form of an appearance. And I saw someone else say that as well. Someone I follow on Twitter have the same exact horrible thought. Um, So yeah, to get through you know, the league games were kindest and fixture-wise, but to get through those six games, uh, including the Cups, unbeaten and come through without the AFCON lads was a real big bonus. Thiago obviously picking up an injury too. Harvey Elliott's now coming back. There's there's a feel good thing at Liverpool, and I just hope it carries on. But one point you made, Brenton, was there is a lot of football from the play non league, like Champions League games against Inter Milan, uh, Carabao Cup final. Uh, how far they're going to go in the FA Cup? That can all play into it. I, I just I would love for Liverpool to get closer and to make something of it. Um certainly for myself and then for even for us to have a tight race to about in the podcast, but we'll see. I'm on, I'm of the opinion that Man City, this is going to shock everyone in this podcast, or not the greatest club side we've ever seen. Now, I'm sorry to drop that bombshell on everyone in this podcast, but I'm of the opinion that there is chinks in this Man City side, and we'll probably see them get picked apart in the Champions League at some point, like we always do. And I find it really, really, really strange. You might have seen this more, Steve, because there's a certain Southern journalist and our journalist, Ken Early, kicked up a fuss last week with his piece. I we know we spoke about it, but he's still getting pelters. And other ones have got the same. But I find it really weird uh, how people are so like annoyed at the fact you say that this Man City side are boring or you can't like them as a neutral. I find that really strange why they care so much. Like For me, that would be ammo for me. If they were talking about it, they'd probably be like, You cannot stop talking about us. But it's not and they're like, Oh, why why are you not like us? And even Pep in his, his press conference, he's such a big cry horse. Oh, brilliant. No. Best performance. Made up with it. No, you weren't, you big egghead. No, you weren't. Like, just be honest. Do you know what I mean? Stop putting on this act, Pep. Pep acts as if like he wants his team to be um ruthless winners. Kill, 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 kill teams off. Pep wants everyone to talk about him like they talk about Johan Cruyff. He craves it. He craves it. He wants everyone to talk about this brilliant genius that he is, and he's not getting it now. And I, and I found it so weird that that affected him. I don't know what you thought, Steve, or Brenton, but I found that so strange that that got to him. I don't mind a manager being a bad loser after a game because, and you know,
1: your manager is the worst loser of the lot of them. So, I mean, I've no issue with it, but it's this thing of like, but please still like me <laughs> that 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 pet yeah. has it. But we're seeing it a bit. I was actually trying to say it there two minutes ago and realized I was on mute, but we're seeing it a bit with Newcastle fans as well. This idea of like, it's not just enough to be winning games they want to be loved as well and it's yeah. because of the money thing like it absolutely comes down to oh please don't treat us differently just because we you know financially fair played our way to um to success or to to, to win in football games and i i think you absolutely can like appreciate a team is good and not enjoy them like who's enjoyed watching spain in the last five years like you can acknowledge that technically they're a brilliant football team but they're not fun to watch Um and it's it's pretty much similar with Man City, I think. Um so it's this yeah, I think Manchester City like they're gonna hate us on this podcast (laughs) for all the things we take at them, but like there's such a small group mentality in City, um that the idea that everyone is out to get them when the reality is that nobody's thinking about them. I don't like from one one podcast to the next. I'll check the city score. I might watch some of the match. Other than that, I don't think about them. Whereas, like, even Brendan saying that Liverpool could make this a title, a t- title race, that's in to shiver down my spine. And I will struggle to sleep tonight thinking about Liverpool winning a title. Yes. Like,
0: so, I'm going to text you yeah, that every night. That's, that's <laughs> the difference
1: between, between the clubs. Like, you know, and like, theoretically, like, maybe it's different if you're, if you're from Manchester and you have to go to work with, you know, city fans all the time or whatever like that. But for me, like I just don't I don't spare a talk for them, like mm-hmm. um other than when they lose and I get enjoyment out of like or, or or you know, don't win and I get enjoyment out of the that result or whatever. Like and I would like I would like to see a title race because it, the worst case scenario is that City have this wrapped up by April and can focus exclusively on the Champions League because you know. I would much rather that Pep big brain himself out with a Champions League in a quarter <laughs> final or semi final again um than them win it. So yeah. I just it, it it just smacks a small time. Um and it's not surprising because
0: you see it with city fans all the time. Um Brent we we we're talking about city enough and I know there's another club you want to talk about and discuss. And it isn't actually uh, the Blues. Can I just say something as well? North London's not a serious football hotbed. I'm sorry. And, and Johnny, I, I absolutely adore you, Johnny, when you're listening to this. I adore my cousin. I tell everyone he's my cousin even though he's not. I adore him to pieces. But North London is unserious about football. It is It is just, look at this. you are totally unserious about football. I'm sorry. you are unserious. Bretton, please continue. You want to talk
2: about Spurs? Well, you've just put Johnny in a bad mood, and this was supposed to cheer him up. <laughs> <laughs> um but <laughs> um but yeah I, I, I like I was thinking about it um uh went for a walk after work today and it just came into my head um about the, the, the game yesterday like Chelsea's fourth win against Tottenham this season. That's twice now they've done it. Um I think it was two thousand two or two thousand three the last time they did it. Um but thirty seven games at Stamford Bridge that number one once um they haven't won a trophy since 2008 um they're like still able to convince people that they are a big club and i know we've had this conversation about um you know big clubs before and i know that we would never um you know we would never consider tottenham a a big club because of the nature of this podcast obviously (laughs) mostly down to johnny um but i just think that they get away with it every year like being in the conversation for um like they've been in the conversation for for title runs um they've got close i don't even know if you would call that close to the 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 year Leicester or it. um That's as as close as they've got. They really do, um, you know, make a big deal out of the stadium, and and I think that does help um with the fact that um you know they're a London club, and and they probably have more fans than they would have if they were elsewhere in the in the country. Um, but I just think they're even you know Conte, the way Conte, their own manager, talks about, um, I mean, (laughs) like. Chelsea played Spurs obviously now three times in the last month, and after every game, uh, Conte has just gotten more and more depressed at how bad his te- his team are. Um, talking about how, um, Chelsea were levels above them in the first couple of games, and then you know on Sunday he said that it would take them years to catch up. Like the fact that he is saying that sort of thing about the club that he's just started to manage um the i just think they're you know they're kind of kidding themselves um i think they're a they're you know upper mid-table team um with just unbelievable facilities um they've been blessed by location but uh, i just don't think um, they'll they'll challenge or they'll they'll come close to to silverware in in years to come. Just just as it has been. I thought been you were for... going to say ever there. I thought you were going to say ever there. <laughs> but I mean, like it may as well be ever. Like the entire, basically the entire, um, you know, existence of the Premier League, they um, they've just been a non-starter in terms of the conversation. So. And also, I I, I want to. This is a, a separate issue, um, but I'll just continue while I'm on this this bit of a spurs rant. Um, the Harry Kane thing is a serious issue. The, the The narrative around him, especially it seems, especially at Sky Sports. Now, I, I don't agree with like everything or most things that Roy Keane says, but he's bang on about the the England captain conversation when it comes to Harry Kane. I'm glad he's there for that because they would just... Can you imagine if that was the other way around? I'm talking about, obviously, the challenge on, on Thiago Silva. Not a challenge. It was a push in the back. It was a push in the back when you're running at that pace. If you if, if Harry Kane went down from, from a challenge like that under Thiago Silva, there would be uproar if he didn't get a penalty. Um, and he he gets away with it way more than most. We've seen Harry Kane Dave dive as well around the primary league. We've seen him, you know, jump backwards into challenges dangerously. Um, I know we, we, we've spoken about that before on the pod. He, he's fond of doing it, um, but he gets away with way too much. And um, I think that was the, absolutely the correct decision. That's one thing that VAR got right. Um, but yeah, the uh, I know there's always been a a bit of a an England captain thing when it comes to club football. Um, but I've never seen it as as obvious as when Harry Kane gets away with things. Um, and like he 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 does yap. Like I uh, I don't mean to sound too much like Johnny, but he goes on. <laughs> he went on and on about that decision. Um, and. Yeah, I just it's it's boring to watch like when they um when they try and I don't know, they try and protect them nearly. Um Gary now. and do the Mark same Taylor, Aventure, just like the
1: only time I've seen yeah. it like this it's it's whatever it is about English strikers um, like Shearer used to elbow defenders all the time and they just get away with it because he was Alan Shearer, England striker um, and Kane is a little bit like that like the narrative is just so boring at this stage on Sky Sports uh, like, you
0: know I don't watch it anymore Yeah, it's, I, I, it's I can't it's watch hard. Sky Sports I can't watch Sky Sports football coverage uh, uh, mm. their Premier League coverage sorry when you've,
1: when you've very Neville going on and on about how it's not a fail it's not a fail it's a fail at any level of football you cannot run at that speed and push someone in the back it's like, stupid yeah it, like, it's idiotic you talked earlier on about being like you know um bending the laws and being smart like if you know him with your hip or you know him with your shoulder yeah. and you create the space that way that's smart football
2: <laughs> pushing someone at speed is not smart football. No. Um he also but, didn't need to do it. No, like, exactly. He probably would have got the ball and scored if he if he just didn't touch him at all. Yeah. Yeah, it was It's, that. it's just it's just it's so boring that when like
1: because the lads are so afraid to criticize him because you know, Sky will be like, oh, well, Kane won't do an interview with us after next game or whatever. Like Who wants to listen to fucking Harry Kane talk anyway? Like <laughs> when has he ever said anything intelligent? You know, um, you know, we've spoken before in this podcast about you know footballers not being the most intelligent. Or I have, um, about footballers not being the most intelligent of beings <laughs> anyway. Like, and Harry Kane like brings the IQ down like several notches.
0: Oh, um, we um, are definitely not gonna have any more Spurs listeners. Well, look, it's not my fault he through his mate So, um,
1: yeah, it, it's just, I don't understand why they're protecting him so much. I really don't. Like, it's not like he's, he, he's, Harry Kane is not going to be a pundit once, you know, his football career is finished. Like, he's not going to add anything to any conversation about football. So, I, I, I but it ruined, like, jokes aside, like, it does ruin, Spurs games because you know there's going to be a decision that's going to go Kane's way that would not go any other player's way in a Premier League game, and it shouldn't be that way. Like nobody should have that level of protection at all. Like
0: um the liverpool act on. as if Sky act as if Harry Kane is even rem- remotely in Robert Lewandowski's league. They act as if he is an elite, elite centre forward, and I'm, and I'm sorry, like but. If he was an elite centre forward, England would have been European champions. Do you know? Because they had everything else around him, yeah. And he was dog shit. Do you know what I mean? And, and and if he had been elite, elite forward, Spurs would have had something, some form of silverware. He would have turned up. He w- um He wouldn't be in Madrid that night against Liverpool, but he didn't. But he made him. He made Poch play him when he was injured. Do you know what I mean? Uh, elite uh, athletes don't do that they know either the limit or they know when the pressure limit but they know when to be sensible when to be smart like you know I don't I I I jest with Johnny and I love winding Johnny up um, when he talks about Kane in our group but they, they, they look at Cain as if he is some form of demigod in football terms and he's really not like he really, really isn't. He's he's a good good football player. He, he, he had a couple of brilliant seasons, and at times his finishing is great. I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's or anything here. Like, but he's not. He's not even in the elite league. He isn't at that. T- he's not in most. Salah, Lewandowski's. Um, who else do you have up there at the minute? Like in world football, he's not with those two certainly. Anyway, he wouldn't be anywhere near a Ballon d'Or sky and english media act as if he is some sort of savior like if i was gareth southgate i would be licking my lips at the prospect of manchester united playing an english front three of rashford greenwood and sancho right i'd be like oof that's tasty how could i work out in the england squad i'd be looking at um the likes of Foden, you know we man connor gallagher come people like this here i'd also be looking at how i came at the minute and going he is a good good player yes but is it maybe time I could start mixing things up? But, I mean, you'll say that there and people think you're absolutely daft because Harry Kane comes with this mad uh, thing as if he's, like, the elite striker in world football. It's absolutely daft. Yeah.
1: I think, well, like
2: he look, Go on. Uh, I was just going to say, if you look at his numbers, like, the, the conversation around Lukaku is, like, that he's having, like, such a shocker of a season and he scored the same amount of goals as Harry Kane. Like, you do not hear... <laughs> Like anything remotely like that about Hykian. No. Yeah. No. I was just think it generally he hasn't
1: been the same player since the knee injury, and like nobody's acknowledging that. Like, mm. like um that's fair. In, he has fundamentally had to change how he plays football, and he's just not as good. Like he's just not as good. Um and, and Phil, you made the point earlier on, like England are probably European champions if Harry Kane is playing at the old Harry Kane level, but he hasn't played that way in years. And yet he's still spoken about as if he is, you know, that world-class centre forward. So, yeah. And, like, the the whole conversation around Spurs, like, in general, like, I mean, they're a club who are lucky in their location. I think, Brendan, you mentioned that as well. Like, they – and they've done well, like, off the field and obviously their deal with the NFL and things like that where – you know, they can rent out their field, their stadium for like lots of money and their retractable pitches and all that. Like, but like the whole point of football is winning trophies. And Spurs just don't win trophies. Um and you'd wonder how they regard themselves as a big club at all. Like, because there's an argument to be made that Watford are more successful in recent years than than, than Spurs have been. So um
0: uh, it's
1: like Leicester just, definitely are. Yeah, hundred oh, yeah, percent.
0: Yeah, I was more thinking
1: like, like North, other North London clubs that, that are more successful than them. Um, but yeah. yeah, like you're right. That Leicester definitely are more successful th- than they are. Um, and even you'd argue that like obviously last year wasn't great, but you'd argue that Wolves over the last three or four years have been a bigger team than than Spurs have been. So like the the. It's such a weird conversation that just because they're a London Premier League club they get this elevated sense of of or it's not even an elevated sense of like superiority they're treated that way by the British football media as well because of and it's purely because of where they're based. If if you uprooted Spurs and stuck them in the Midlands somewhere the conversation about that football team is completely different than yeah. just because they're based in
0: London. Which is mad when you think about it. When I look at the fixtures list, like I don't look for when we're playing Spurs. Who would? Don't. What did Arsenal
2: fans?
1: I, like honestly, what did Arsenal fans, who would like?
2: I do yeah. just because it's I, a I, laugh, like
1: and <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you know like, it's a guaranteed three points, so
0: <laughs>
2: guaranteed six.
0: Yeah <you> ha- <laughs> Yeah. Like there. I would have them in, and this is and it's not a disrespectful way, but in my head I would place them on the same bracket as Everton Villa. Uh, I know Newcastle where West they are now, but teams West Ham, they're in that bracket. But because they had the year where they they the chased well Leicester for the league and that title, and then they had the Champions League final. It seems to have kicked on now, where they're still they're you're not in they're not in that bracket anymore. Like don't get me wrong, Conte content could he would have to have some unreal end of the season, I think to to get them in the top four. <laughs> Um, they're not. They don't seem to be backing them in the transfer market, so I don't see how that's going to happen. But I did. I yeah, I do, and I have sympathy for the, from their fans too as well. Like I know some member of this podcast won't, but like <laughs> they had a good run there where they were great on their patch. But like that was that was that that was your time, and I think you missed it. You missed the boat. Yeah, for which is unfortunate for them.
1: And, like for the avoidance of doubt, like I, I realize I'm saying this as a Manchester United fan um that like they're in the same bracket as united like they're a club who think they're probably bigger than they are at the moment and they're just not letting their their football do the talking um it's all it's all kind of oh, this is what it would be. uh this is look what we're doing off the field um like all of that is just like it's not important when the results just don't translate on the on the pitch
0: yeah well, who all to be annoying tonight like then? Man City fans, uh, Spurs fans, Spurs cousin mud, cousin mud. Newcastle yeah, North fans, North London, G- Newcastle- North London in general. I've declared to. Oh, here we need to do uh, Everton. Oh, two seconds, Palace fans. I was only joking. Um, <laughs> I was only joking. Um, I actually don't hate. I actually, was saying this, I'd love. I would love to go to Palace. I said that for your stag, Brett. Actually, didn't I? I'd love to go to Selhurst Park yeah. for a game. I think it sounds unreal. Um, Selhurst a type, is brilliant. Looks like a type been. Yeah, yeah, you have been. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's class. Yeah. And then, obviously, to finish off, now I have to annoy Everton fans. I mean, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah. So, I don't know what's going on with Everton. Big dunks, buying Them all paints uh, before the match. He, did he buy the players' pants before match? I look <laughs> like it looked like at times. Um, I, I don't know. I like that when I heard that, there I thought that that's a nice gesture, but it's also like okay, do, do but, something
2: but, like that's you know, actually going to impact the, the result of
0: dunk. the game. Yeah, <laughs> yes, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean. Um, I don't know where Everton go. They're they're linked with Victor Pereira. At, I I. Like I think that is mental. I honestly think that is daft. He got was it only a German footballer? Someone had said that follows German football that they couldn't believe he's been linked with the Everton job because he'd got eighteen sixty Munich relegated twice in six months. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> I mean, Everton, If 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 that's what Everton want, I'll back it. Oh, I will back that. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know where they go. And some of the names being mentioned. Like, I as an Everton fan, your head must be absolutely fried. Fried, like like you went from Carlo Ancelotti, (laughs) yeah, you went from Carlo Ancelotti to then for whatever reason, Rafa, and now you could be getting Pereira or I don't don't know why, Lampard Rooney Lampard was linked, Rooney Rooney, obviously, is heavily linked. See, I
1: think Rooney. I actually think Rooney could do a job. I know Derby lost at the weekend, but like, I think he's he's doing
0: as well as he. Possibly I just don't think, think it's. Happen. I don't think it's time for him yet. That's all. I think he will. Yeah, out, like, does, he them,
1: does he want to take Does he want? Well, maybe the time for him to take it is when, when they're in the championship. You said you don't know where Everton going. I know where they're going. They're going to the fucking championship <laughs> um, <laughs> because there's no saving that team uh, in its current iteration. Like, um, it's a crying team. It's not at all. Like no, honestly, honestly. No, honestly. Like there are a bracket of teams in the middle of the Premier League who don't go up and don't go down who add fucking nothing to the sport, right? So like every it's once ridiculous. in a while, one of them needs to be pushed out of the Premier League just to make it interesting <laughs> again. Like like just an absolute nonsense. Like these were that team for years, and at least they had the decency then to, you know, completely implode and, and fall down the divisions. Yeah, for a um, belly leads, thanks for that. Yeah, and I think Everton could possibly be. Now I'm not saying they'll they'll go do a city or Leeds and tumble down to League Two or whatever, but like it'd be brilliant to see
2: if they did. Yeah, um, I'm glad you said that. Uh, here's here's Everton. Um, so from fourteenth down, Brentford Leeds, Everton, Norwich, Newcastle, Watford, Burnley, and Everton's fixtures. Um, let me just get them here are it, it could, they couldn't be more appropriate um brantford is their next game then leeds then newcastle sorry brantford then yeah. newcastle then leeds um are the next three games That those three games are massive they're, like they're six-pointers <laughs> yeah I've never they're, seen they're in yeah, and that's not like I know we're laughing, but like that is not even a joke. Like, they actually are all six pointers. Like, if, yeah. if Everton lose, you know, you could easily lose against Brentford. Newcastle had a great result against Leeds in the weekend. Um, and Leeds, like, are like just a flip a coin sort of a team. Like, um, they could turn up or not. Like, so you know, if Ireland are, Le- don't are get, they like, away to Leeds four to six points, no, they're at home, they're home to Leeds.
0: Like and, and the, oh <laughs> at that stage they could be and it's a come downfield. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I said it
1: I said that, at the start of the show that like the race for top four was the most exciting thing about Premier League. Actually
0: just looking at that run of fixtures. What Everton yeah, did like next month is the most exciting thing in football. I think um, I think this is yeah. such a storyline. Like I know I know this sounds this sounds daft, but Obviously, Watford sacked Ranieri and uh, shocked the whole football world there. Um, I like <laughs> in a two days' time, we're going to be talking about Everton. I've hired Claudio Ranieri, aren't we? That's what's going to happen, yeah. For for had he's going to look at that and go, I remember he did a job with Leicester, he'd bring him in, and then he's going, he's going to take over. Um, at I, I mean, he's probably better than Vito Pereira. I still can't believe they linked themselves Vito Pereira again. I don't know what Sherry sees in that. I know G uh, Kia Duperchan, uh, agent, he's a super agent, he's heavily, heavily, heavily involved at all things Everton. now. And I think he's Pereira's agent too, which stinks. But that's is. a podcast for another day. You want to talk about corruption, uh, people talking about VAR. Well. You know if you want to have a corruption <laughs> football,
2: folks, you start looking into things like that. Um, but can you see, um, M- uh, Machiri, uh, by mistake, <laughs> hiring uh, Andrea, um, Bucelli instead of van like, it's the sort of thing you do. Like. <laughs> 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 do you know what? I could, they could, I could see him hiring Benitez again
0: and just forgetting all about what he'd done the last time and getting them in two weeks later. <laughs> Yeah, it's... I would I
1: say one thing about Pereira. Like, he's done an exceptional job of winning league titles with the team that you suspect are going to win the league title. Like yes. Porto Porto winning the Portuguese Super League, mm, or Premier League. Yeah, that I fully expect that. Olympiacos winning the Greek Super League. Yeah, I can completely accept that. Like, But what's he going to do with Everton? I just, I just don't see it at all. Like, well, uh, well, I, I could I, win a championship. Well,
0: he could win the championship. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. I, um... I I, like, as a Liverpool fan, it's it that Everton getting relegated and Liverpool winning something in the same season is what will none of us have ever seen it happening. It's absolutely daft. I, you know, no one's too big to go down, really. No one really is too big to go down, but. You're right, Steve. Like the I looked at them on Saturday. I watched the game on Saturday, and I looked at them, and I was just thinking, "You're in, you're in." And in all seriousness, we're jesting here. We were jesting, obviously. You're in big, big trouble, Everton. You are starting a spiral, and and as you point out, Britain, those three fixtures, like if they come out of those with
2: nothing, they're up shit creek without paddle. They are goosed. But do you know, do you know what? Like I know they have a few games in hand there as well, which are, you know people maybe yeah. don't know like they've only played 20 some of the teams around and played 22 and 21 or whatever um but like the the fixtures that they have apart you know the their games in hand um so-called are difficult games as well like the the, the play to go to tottenham play wolves they have to play united uh chelsea liverpool city no they're like dust. they still have all those <laughs> they still have all those teams to play. Like, it's, it's not like they're we with games in hand. Like, the it's, it's not that easy. Um, no. So the, that's but why those not, three games coming up are so important. There's no evidence that
1: they're going to turn it around either. Like, there's absolutely no evidence that, that they will. Like, there's, like, I was just looking at it there. There's the potential that they could be top 10. If they got three wins, they could be top 10. But, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I could have a six pack in a month's time, but we both, we all know it's not happening, much, you know, so,
2: um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I just, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, pack of the crisps, um, I I just think it just feels like this is going to be one of those stories where, I don't know what their fix, who's their last game of the season, Brendan, you, you don't have it handy there, do you? Um, they feel it's going to come down. So, like I know Newcastle and Burn. Or, no, is is it Newcastle and Burnley are playing last game of the season.
0: Yeah, City are playing Ooh. Aston Villa last game of the season. By the way,
2: mm, that that could be Gerard doing a favour. Um, Everton are playing Arsenal last game of the season away. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal oh
0: potentially going for top four. Everton potentially trying to stay in the league. Oh, like... <laughs> Arteta. Relegating uh, Everton, fucking yeah. hell!
2: Like the narrative. Yeah, is there, heard,
1: you know,
2: but... the, their last five games are a uh, away to Liverpool, home to Chelsea, away to Leicester, home to Brentford, away to Arsenal. Dust. Jeez, they might I've never been more sure stuff. of something in my life. They yeah, they're gone. They're <laughs> gone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They are absolutely bait out of the gap. <laughs> that is wild. They they need something. And do you know what, though? On the football side of it, if it was Wayne Rooney and he came in and he was able to see them and do something, then as a football fan, he's someone that even though he played for the two teams, I absolutely despise. Um, I love watching him at times playing football. That would be some story too. So I think, yeah, Stevie, all right. Possibly the story of this season could end up being Everton and what they do. To um, so Ireland fans, there's always that consolation, <laughs> you know, you could give us all a <laughs> yeah. hell of a season. Um, you'll entertain yeah. us in a way. Entertain us in a way, the great entertainment. You know, you'll always
1: have, you know... Um, the true people's club, I don't hear everyone else because you got relegated. <laughs> <laughs> what, did be say? actually have saying that,
0: they've been
1: Arsenal this season, but it's the that's their only win of the
0: season. So. Yeah. Uh, in, in the last, what, five games. So. Yeah. Um, I think that'll... For this evening, then lads, I think that's us all maxed out. We've managed to annoy every other set of fan base, basically. Good, fair play, yeah, fair play, the way oh. it should be. Um, that's the goal, folks. Hopefully, you're still listening <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you, you tune into the podcast. Catch us on all your podcast apps, just look for the football babble and you'll find us there. Uh, I didn't know this until last week. Actually, our video pops up on Spotify. I was me and Finn were, I'd stuck it on my phone, and then Finn was like, There's daddy. And it was me and Steve and Brenton talking on the podcast, it was wild. Um, so that's pretty cool. And you can get us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash football babble. Please, if, if you fancy it, head over there, donate if you can. It's underneath Steve's point now, if you're watching the video for Instagram and Twitter as well, the link for it. Um, £1 a month, £12 for the year, that's absolutely nothing. Um, and it helps us continue to produce good content, um, what well, we think is good content. Uh, produce content anyway, and keeps the podcast going. So really appreciate that. And um, yeah, I will. Fingers crossed. Well, I did promise you, so I'm going to try and I'm going to try and keep my promise. The uh, Thursday night Babble with cousin Mud. I'm sure he'll have some about tonight's podcast (laughs) for me on Thursday night and catch up on Boba Fett as well, which we've both been watching. So stay tuned for that and enjoy the international break. Everyone else, uh, Of my opinion or my advice, tune in the AFCON because it is absolutely insane. You'll enjoy yourselves and chat to you during the week. Good luck.